everyone, and welcome to Hype A, a podcast amplifying voices in the arts around the world, making the arts accessible for all people. We will be hearing guests from the film, art, music industries, and more, sharing their stories, failures, and successes. We will be listening in on their new endeavors, projects, and take notes on their tips and tricks, how they broke into the industry, hear their words of wisdom. Over the years, I've met some amazing people who have really enriched my life and my art practice, and I'm so grateful to have met them around the world. I hope to share with you my personal experiences, but mainly support you by introducing you to inspirational leaders in their creative field. If you're looking to fulfill a dream in the arts, need that extra motivation, or simply be inspired, you've come to the right place. So get access, get tuned in and turned on every Thursday. Welcome to Hype A. Hello everyone, I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to Hype A, welcome back to another incredible episode. We have John C. Elmore, a friend of mine, and he's an actor. He is going to be talking all about his career, acting, theatre, movies, maybe a bit of uh, dance as well. Uh, he is uh, Irish and British nationalities. Um, according to his spotlight, his eyes are blue. He has fair hair colour, mid-length, and his voice I believe is very accurate something like that we'll talk about that in a minute um he's giggling in the background you might hear him before I introduce him but he's done a lot of television and his accents and dialects is RP he has featured been featured in Three Day Millionaire, Rise of the Foot Soldiers, Masters of the Air, The English Game which is currently streaming on Netflix right now He's also appeared in Downton Abbey and Shameless as well. Before we actually get him in, let's just have a listen to him speaking in the English game. I'm Mr. Parker, Secretary to Lord Kinnett. Right, I'll do. I do uh, well, thank you, but um, I'm afraid I can't find an appointment under your name. Oh, uh, I have no appointment. I see. Parker. Hold up. Uh, Mr. Kinnett. I'm sorry, sir. Ted Stokes. Uh, I played for Darwin against your mob in the cup last season. Oh, yes. What can we do for you, uh, Mr. Stokes? And, well, I, I need a loan. Um, I've, I've, done, I've done a proposal. Um, I'm going to make shirts and sports jerseys of the finest Darwin cotton. As a footballer, I'm sure you would appreciate that, Mr. Kinnaird. I've worked it all out. Numbers, figures and the like. I know how it works. Yes, not perhaps entirely how it works. The thing is, I, I'm afraid I'm rather busy this morning. Oh, I see. Well, uh, I, I don't need your answer right now. Did you come all the way down just to give this to me? I did, sir. So that was a little bit of a snippet from John C's speaking. Uh, John C was also trained at Manchester School of Theatre. As I mentioned, we went to the same school in London, but we'll be talking more in a second. Let's welcome John C. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, 
um it's okay. really really lovely it's 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 um it's been it's been such a long time since we've sort of seen each other so it's really nice to sort of see you through this medium which is mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. It's really really lovely just to you know have a chat and uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as as I mentioned, you know, we we sort of met each other at school. <laughs> yeah, I know. God, all those. All the, I wouldn't. I dare not say many moons ago, but it's it's. I suppose I feel like it's been many moons. <laughs> it's been a. It's yeah. It felt. It has felt. It has felt like that. You've um. You've obviously expanded your brood. Indeed. Haven't you? Yeah, no. So, uh, two two children now, which is I never. If I saw myself at school and you'd tell me that I'd end up, you know, married with two children, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm. <laughs> yeah, that's just. Yeah, I I suppose it's one of those things where you just sort of. I I was talking to a mate the other day about it. Just, you know, obviously you can never, you know, you can never tell what the future holds with, you know, things like family and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think I think particularly when how you view yourself when you're younger or how you view the world you know mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an you know can be a very scary place just you know and you know that idea that you will be an adult person doing adult things and then it, I mean I, I always find I, I found it funny the other day just you know telling my son you know not to do something something you know and I was a very naughty child all the way up to through school so I find myself sort of like by you know my god what, I feel like a real hypocrite here because at some point he's going to work it out but you know <laughs> you well I, I yeah well I remember you were a few years um below me at school and I just remember you being quite cheeky not yeah. not I don't think you were naughty at school from what I well, knew and well, I remember teaching you dance lessons I think for a play that we were doing or something. I was choreographing, I, that was it. Yeah, I, I remember. Think, I think it was. And I think, I. it's funny, it's so funny, just these sort of things come, yeah. come to mind. Because I remember, because I remember just, I mean, school is, school's one of those things where particular things sort of stand out. But I always remember like things with regards to school was mm -hmm. obviously our school was very, very unique. To, to put it you know to put it lightly in a way just yeah. in terms of you know what other schools are out there and what I suppose what what the girl because obviously it was a girls and boys school but yes. what, what they did what they did um particularly was we did a lot of concerts and shows together over you know from a very young age and because I joined when I was 11 it was mm -hmm. one of the, it was a very because I went from a sort of a state school in in London very strict sort of Catholic school in in London to St James in Twickenham yes yeah where, where you're introduced to you know you're introduced to Mozart and you know you know just the whole sort of cultural landscape that was I suppose quite a shock initially and but then you get to um yeah and then that whole the, the whole sort of just I mean I just have memories of I don't I wasn't in one of the first things because I didn't really sing that much but I remembered sort of seeing I think when they did do you remember when they did the magic flute at school yes the magic flute yeah yeah and they did and I just remember seeing it, it was at this amazing theatre I was like how was yeah, it was because I remember it, was, it had people like Jignesh Patel and people yes. like that who were amazing singers and stuff but I just remember it wasn't it wasn't amateurish 
No, no, it wasn't. And actually the place and the actual, the person who um, was involved with that, I don't know if it was the magic flute or another, or a play that we did, I think it was a Shakespeare, um, was actually a director for um, the Royal Shakespeare Company. Do you remember that? And oh, where that, yeah, Robert where- Mikaji. who Robert Mikaji, I possibly, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I remember that we had, and I, I danced in that, I remember that. And we had performed that show, or I think it may have been the Magic Flute, mm. in a really cool, sort of um, dilapidated cathedral, which was the same set where I think they shot, um, they shot that Elizabethan film with um, Kate Blanchett and yeah, it was about Elizabeth I actually, it was Queen yeah, Elizabeth yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, well, so, and exactly, there was a, there was a really important um, angle within, at St. James, shout out to St. James, by the way, because they've been, St. James has been, have, have been really supportive of Hypay and have um, been sharing it, which is really sweet, but on, on Instagram. But yeah, I think it's, um, you know, they've always had this kind of professional angle with the arts, particularly musical theatre and, but mainly in obviously opera and, and dance and acting. There's been so many famous actors that have come out of St. James, including like Emily Watson, yourself, of course. Um, we, our friend Adam Music, who's a singer, opera singer, our mutual friend Gina as well, who's a modern opera singer and she's world famous. She's based in Berlin. So yeah, there's a real stage presence, let's say. I, I think, I think what I didn't realize, I didn't, I suppose at the time, I didn't really fully take it in. Because I was like, when I went to St. James, I mean, probably the one thing that took me by was because I was very sport orientated. I did, I was sort of, I did football, rugby, athletics. That was my sort of bag, that kind of, that, because I, because yeah. academically, I wasn't, you know, I was okay. But yeah but the one thing that kind of kept me relatively socialized I suppose it was was doing sport and mm. because my mum's an actor my mum's yes been for like 50 years things like the arts I was always around it but I didn't really see it as a, a career path because like my dad's an artist as well mm. and a graphic designer and that sort of it was because I was around it I didn't sort of look at it as a yes kind of, oh that's what I'm, what I'm going to do I had literally no idea what I was going to do like there was no, because wow. it had like, you know, you had, it was also very academic St. James. So you had a lot yes. of really, really bright people who knew yeah. exactly what they wanted to do. And I remember sort of, I kind of blagged my way through St. James in terms of just having literally no idea. Yes. Because um, I didn't, like, I did, a first proper play I did at St. James was The Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Debenham, Mm. Um, his wife Felicity Debenham, who was a former actress, she had, mm. he had, he had actually asked um, asked my mum to sort of help assist direct it alongside. And I thought because I, at the time I I hadn't I had literally because my mum had sort of my mum has been is still going for the yes. last years as an actor. And obviously, what I knew about the business was I was around it a lot, and I'd been you know just sort of taking it in as it as it was but you know are the horror stories of just not working yeah. so that for me it was it was almost like secondary it wasn't really a thing and then I remember Felicity Devlin because I think I hadn't really 
I suppose, found a footing of something else that I was good at apart from sport. Felicity mm-hmm. was very good in the fact that, because I thought when we were doing Midsummer Night Dream, I thought I'm just going to be like, I'll just sit back in the background and, you know, just go along. Yeah. With it. Yeah. And then she said, Oh, why didn't I want you to play Hermia in Midsummer Night's Dream? Which, wow. when you're a 13 year old boy, isn't like the first thing you go, Yes, I'm going to play a girl when I'm 30, you know, because it's, it was just before I yeah. dropped as well. So yeah. it, was a, it was that. It's just a you know you can sort of awkward like why do they want me to play a girl why, 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 you know it's just that sort of that sort of vibe you know and you're in an all boys school as well so you know the ribbing that you get is extraordinary yes um, but then I actually really enjoy I just remember after kind of because at this at the same time I actually had an accident um oh, really I did that and I I quite serious and I'd fallen through a fence and then went fence went right through my leg and I was I I had to stay because I was casting the play at that time um it was Felicity said oh just learn the lines so I was with mum at home just learning the lines so I learned them really quickly just with Mm -hmm. mum to help me and so when I got back I knew the lines Mm -hmm. so I was actually having because when when you're not walking around with the script it's actually really you know yes it could be really fun but it was one of those things where I just enjoyed doing it and it was mm. just really, I, I enjoyed it, but then at the same time, I didn't think, oh, I want to be an actor now. That was the other thing. I didn't, after that go, I've had a, I've had a sort of road to Damascus moment. You know, it was, that was fun. But because I suppose mum was always a bit like, she, she, she never put me off doing it, but it was no. always like, you know, I just, I was 13 and I was like, I just wanted to kick a ball. That was kind of. Yeah, you're really a kid. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, but it was, a, it was a good experience to have done because it was something, you know, because people said, oh, you know, oh, you were quite good in that. And I think it was another confidence builder because again, at the time and moving forward, I hadn't really an idea of, mm-hmm. I suppose, what I wanted to do really. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you're a kid, I guess. And I, I think, it's quite interesting because I, you know, I come from a creative background as well. I mean, my parents, my mum was a, a sort of a well-known model for Issa Laurent and um, she travelled a lot. And my dad, my dad was a travel agent, but he basically, you know, he was very creative. You know, his uncle, his brothers were artists in Italy. He's Italian. And he always had this very theatrical stance about him. And um, he said he would either be three things in his life and it was either to be an actor, a lawyer or a travel agent. <laughs> and I feel like he accomplished all three, you know, managing yeah. his, you know, successful business for about 40 years and then the internet came in. And and I think it's like when you do grow up and, you know, with, with parents who are creative, I guess you don't think, oh, you know, this could actually be a, a career. And But I think, again, what, what was good about St. James is, is that... Um, that kind of home honing in of a skill um, and almost, uh, let's say a strengthened encouragement. I wouldn't say enforcement, but it was an, a strengthened encouragement to like really focus on, on that thing. Um, and actually when I was, I, you know, as, as you probably know, I, I have a many, many years uh, prior, my first career was as a dancer and I was on stage a lot since the age of two. And I, through St. James, you know, I, I was, I'm dyslexic and through St. James, 
um, I was encouraged to do more acting and I did acting and I was a male role actually in quite a few plays with St James and I had really considered going to um, Oxbridge well particularly Oxford to study English to go and do acting <laughs> interestingly fun fact Taipei there's always a new a new uh, fun fact with Cristal um, but yeah um, but I think again there's there was also the academic side as well but talking about lines though how do you learn your lines because you know as as a um, as a dyslexic person myself and yeah. for many actors that I've known or have come across who are also dyslexic you know we have basically a, a, a short-term memory issue mm. um we have great long-term memory that's kind of the usual thing with people who are dyslexic um so repetition is also a really good thing and also things that are associated with other things so words by association um getting to the end of a phrase um how do you learn your lines and are you dyslexic <laughs> um no I'm, I'm not dyslexic but I do you know what's interesting I think it was funny I used to I used to find a particular kind it was I found a particular way of learning at school that was really helpful just in terms of and it was came down from I think it was just my mum because she used mm -hmm. to learn obviously lines quite a lot mm -hmm. but it was I think it's because I think I, what I know about dyslexia, and I've, I've, I've learned a lot about it just through friends who are, and I've worked with young actors who are dyslexic, who find it, you know, difficult mm -hmm. for their minds, um, is that it's all about the stress, the, the, mm -hmm. the impending doom of having to remember something. And, can, and stress has a lot to do with anything getting in your way, as I'm sure yes. you, really, you know, you can't really think clearly about yeah. anything moving forward if you're if you're just panicking about something mm. sometimes you can't even see the words like sometimes I can't and if I'm really stressed out yeah I can't see the words it's kind of like a it's almost like having a blackout migraine yeah. you can't see the page or the words or a screen I think, I think what it is from from an app from learning lines I think because it's it's not there isn't really an easy way to do it most actors would tell you that it's really just sheer I mean repetition is one thing and that sounds like a basic thing to say but mm -hmm. it really is and it's kind of like because once you've done that that sort of that sort of private study of just learning your lines mm -hmm. then the rest of the stuff is just fun mm. you know, then because there's a whole there's a whole sort of thing there's a whole sort of mystique about actors you know like oh what's it like you know becoming the character and all this sort of stuff and what I'd usually say is when you've done the homework mm -hmm. at home and you don't you, you don't need to talk about that really because mm -hmm. when you start when you start talking about theory that kind of shows that you haven't really done the work you kind of just but with learning lines I suppose a quick way of doing it sometimes I listen to I, I I've tried to listen to myself on tape doing them and reading doing them back yeah. that is really I find it hard because I just, I mean, I just don't like listening to my voice, to be honest with you. And, and now you're here on Hope. I know, it's, but again, it's one of these, it's a, it's a typical sort of actor sort of complaint. It's like, well, you're an actor, so why would you like <laughs> double negative? But I just, I, it, and I think as well, there's, an, there's another thing about it. When you're learning lines, it's the, 
the worry that you're going to forget them if you're doing a play, you, mm. you worry that you're going to forget them if you're doing it. It's because again, there are two kind of ways of looking at it. When you're doing a TV series, there isn't yeah. as much on learning. I mean, you have to know the lines, but mm -hmm. in terms of you can do another take if you forget a line. That's yes. fine. So there are two, there are different stakes involved. So when you're doing a TV series, because you have a script supervisor who's there literally following every single word meticulously that you're doing, mm -hmm. and you can get like, I've had it where I've done like a, a monologue or something on a, on a TV thing and I miss one word. Mm -hmm. and we have to go again because you got and out instead of a it's like mm. things things as minute as that whereas on stage there's more of a freedom there but because you've got four weeks rehearsal i mean four it's between four and eight weeks rehearsal for the most part but when you when you're doing a play by the time i mean usually you should you know after by by the time rehearsal's done you should know your lines yeah but, <laughs> i mean otherwise you're like oh geez um, I mean, I usually like before I start rehearsals, I usually, if, I, if there's enough time, I usually just like learning my lines before rehearsals. So I don't mm -hmm. have to worry, walk around with a book and worry. Yeah. About but uh, to your point about learning lines, mm -hmm. um, it is, again, writing. It's also like writing them as well. Just yes. Doing anything, singing them, dare mm -hmm. I say, singing them. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Before. That makes sense. It's just tonally stuff because things are easier to go in than others. If you do mm -hmm. Shakespeare, Shakespeare's a lot easier to go in because of the rhythm you've got. Yeah, I am big mentality. Yeah, so it's, you know, if you're doing to be or not to be, that is the question. I mean, that's obviously a very well-known line, but you go to be or not to be, that is the question. You remember that. Um, obviously, you're not going to say the lines like that, but that's the undertone of it. And then, but if you're doing very dense language, that's where you have to, that's, that's more, that's also to your point when you're talking about association mm -hmm. that's that's how I, that, I, I think people who even aren't dyslexic do that because you mm -hmm. especially when you're learning very dense dialogue you have to find some kind of way into it to kind of understand it so you kind of go well that that links to that so you know because it it's kind of like if you can read a scene because most of the time if I'm given like a self-tape to do mm -hmm. um and I've got to like a day or two to kind of get it to my agent um, I will look at it and you kind of just have an initial judgment of what you're doing. So if, if you've got a good sense of it, mm -hmm. that's fine. But if you're sort of struggling with it, that's where you can kind of just pick it apart. And that's when the possibilities start opening up to you. You, you become less worried about it. And then you yeah. kind of just, you, you just focus on the character more than the lines. That's, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the, that's where the enjoyment starts coming in um so I think writing them or singing them or writing you know just anything that's repeat that you can do in a rep you know with repetition that doesn't drive you absolutely crazy is usually probably the best thing to do I mean like I've got mates who literally they will just continually write it they, they will write it out write it out write it out write it out. and there's a there's actually a thing on there's a program for actors called I think it's called repetition where you actually record yourself doing the lines and the lines back so you record oh, right yes you can you can have a, a far enough beat between the lines to remember the uh, so you know when the dialogue is coming from the other person so there's a sort of a more natural yeah you know it's it's sort of so it helps you kind of 
work things out a bit more quickly. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it, it, it's one of those things where I think when you, when you do it for a long time, it, it, it doesn't really, it isn't really much an issue. But when you first start out, I mean, even when it, drama school is a great place to learn how to do it. Drama yeah. school is where you make all your mistakes. Because I'm, I, I screwed up. Like drama school, I embarrass myself left, right, and centre. But that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, of course. People, people think when you go to drama school, yeah, because pe- pe- some people turn it into a competition at drama school, which is, mm. you know, it's like who can be do. That? It's like, well, I'm here so I don't mis- make mistake. I'm here to make mistakes here so I don't m- make mistakes out there. And yeah, absolutely. So I, I remember having to get to, I suppose, a horror story from drama school when it comes to learning lines. In our second year is probably the most death-defying year where you have about five or six projects, performances to do. And mm-hmm. I remember I had about five different plays I had to learn. And like two of them, two or three of them I was leads in. And there was one that this guy in my year wrote. And because I had so many lines in my head yeah I, I remember sitting there when seeing this performance in front of second and third that was it it was in set in front, front of second and no first years and third years and I just forgot all my lines I stood there <laughs> I was the main <laughs> character and I said I, I can't remember my lines I'm sorry yeah and I just remember being devastated but at the same time on reflection it's all those moments that, that build up an experience of learning lines it ends up not becoming an issue so much does that answer your question in a really long yeah no yeah I mean this is this is where we have conversations John C it's not about being perfect and the questions (laughs) and answers situation here on Hypo but yeah there's I mean there's so many things that I've you know my mind is kind of um being illuminated by what you're saying and I'm reminded of scenarios that I've experienced on stage you know where um I actually remember the actor who's no longer with us, Richard Harris, he was in the audience and I was performing as a dancer. Wow. I was little, I was little, I, I, as you know, as I said, I performed a lot on stage and there was this one bit where um, I suddenly got caught in between <laughs> the curtains. Wow. And I was suddenly in front of the curtains and I was trying to find my way out of the curtains. Oh God. And there's like really heavy velvet, you know, and I just remember, and, um, and I remember at, you know, afterwards, um, he actually, he came to um, say that I was really good. And he was, he came to see his niece and he he came to see me to, you know, and I think it was maybe his way, I don't know, in my childlike mind, I, I felt like he was trying to comfort me or something to say yeah. it was okay. Oh, absolutely. And I you think know? it's really important to, to have those moments where people reassure you like that, because I mean, like, you can have so many, especially when you're younger, you can have these sort of awful moments that can make you stop things doing something yeah. in the future. So having someone there to kind of go, look, everyone makes yeah. mistakes, it's all right. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry about it. Like, I speak, yes. there are a lot of young actors I work with. Um, you know, I, I, ha- I help a couple of actors, you know, occasionally help young actors get to drama school and stuff like that. That's great. That's and, great. And, like, worries about, you know, whether they're good enough and Mm -hmm. kind of have to it's all about sort of the eye especially when you're young it doesn't matter how young you are but when you're at that sort of teen you know late teens early 20s you haven't figured it all out and you won't but we're we're all trying to figure it out whatever age so it doesn't really 
it's okay. It's I suppose what I'm saying is it's good to fail. You know, it's that sort of it's important to because it that it gives you resilience moving forward. And like me and my, we, I've got a really close group of mates. You know, all actors, but you know, we're really tight. And it's one of those things where, aside from aside from you know, we banter each other to the hilt. You know, especially especially in this business, you need people who kind of bring you crashing down to earth when it comes to if you go a bit like it's kind of like yeah I have that I have that with um my friend Polly and my mate Alex you know like I've ascended really high in my career and and you know and I'll I've lived in LA and I'll come back and come to visit or whatever and now I'm back in the UK and they'll just kind of rip me to shreds kind of thing <laughs> you know like it's you're not that great it. I mean you are but like you're also a mate of mine so it just Let's just release the ego, shall we? <laughs> but that's no, but that's it. And I think I think it's that's important because I think when you're younger, it's kind of like you're going to have all these experiences where good things happen and bad things happen, and you have to take each of the. It's kind of like actors reading reviews. Like most actors don't read reviews because if you believe the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones. Yeah. And the idea is, is and and also like I'm I've got I'm lucky to have not only with my wife Laura but my parents as well mm -hmm. you know when you have especially when you like my wife she doesn't know anything about the business so and she's learning about it as we go as well you know she's learned quite you know and she's she's very she's been she's been very good at sort of just trying to understand what this completely bonkers profession that I've decided to yes. throw her into as well is about yeah of course um but she's very sort of like if I end up to like we're talking about what I'm doing like career-wise now but if I was doing like I, ha I have to, there's a part of me now in my he head like, <laughs> at a dinner where I go, am I talking too much about myself? Because if I am, yeah. shut up. Because no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, I feel that too as well. And I was, you know, in the um, Autumn Risa, Autumn Risa um, came to yeah. the episode, the episode six, and she was saying, sure. you know, um, be interested as well as being interesting. Yeah, that's so important. I think that's, that's a huge, like, yeah I mean that was a huge that was a that's a huge thing that I'm still yeah I, I'm still working on myself because I like I've got my dad is a very sort of stereotypical kind of Irishman in the sense that like my mum yeah the Irish you know both my parents being Irish it's one of those things you like a good chat yeah and you know my parents since they moved back to Ireland as well particularly you know you go back home everyone wants to know how you are and all that sort of stuff but there's a, there's a there's a balance to it as well because again they love you doing well like family love you doing well but if you go just a bit above that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like my uncle my one my dad's older brother and my uncle Anthony will you like say often oh, you did you did, you did fantastic you did fantastic I was I was fantastic I loved it but don't turn into a wee wanker <laughs> <You're sorry. laughs> don't turn into a wee wanker <laughs> and then you're kind of like oh jesus all right okay because what, what was quite funny actually is i was at of all things i was at um so my aunt so not my my aunt by god but my my uncle's wife mm -hmm. we went to her mother's funeral mm -hmm. now this is this is this is a this is bizarrely quite a light story considering that we're talking about a funeral mm -hmm. <laughs> but like i like all irish catholic families you go to a wake yes so we're going we were, i was i was again it was one of these things we were going down the armor road to doing the usual the 
you know, carrying the coffin down the road. And, we, and then we went to the drinks and dinner thing after. And it was all, mm -hmm. again, wakes and stuff. It's, it's very lively. It's, yeah. very, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But like my uncles particularly really like winding me up. <laughs> and my, so my, my aunt uh, Maureen, her, her nieces knew that I had, I had done some stuff on TV, but they'd seen me in Downton Abbey and stuff. Yeah. And they, they wanted to do a little, because oh, I hate it. I really hate this sort of stuff in terms of like, do, especially when it's around family and friends, because you just, you, sat, you feel like you're being really egotistical. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. They wanted to take a photo of me because I was in Downton Abbey and I was like, oh, literally. Cringe. I, it was so cringe because all my cousins were there. My, my uncle was like, my, all my uncles were just looking over me going, oh, oh, there he goes. There he goes. Thinks, he, thinks, he's, thinks he's all that. And then lit, for the rest of the day, I was literally hammered down, literally just laughed at, like mocked for the rest of the day. Yeah. Says, oh, great, Mr. Hollywood here, right? Yeah. Thinks, thinks, he's, thinks he's all that, does he? Right? right? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Would you, would you like a chair? Would you like me to pull out a chair for you there? There you go. <laughs> Sorry, let's get him a drink. Should we get him a drink in the house because he's, you know, and it's it's things like that. Well, you can't. So I'm very, I'm very like because the thing is, you can be working one moment as an actor and then you then you can't. So I'm very aware. Yeah. I'm very aware in my head of. You have to. You have to just. You have to take things really lightly. Like when things are going well, mm. you just have to. You just have to kind of just enjoy it. That's fine. But don't mm -hmm. kind of don't get caught up in it too much because it, the world hasn't the world hasn't changed for everyone else, mm -hmm. or your life has changed perhaps for a moment and it's it's great, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it, first of all it doesn't mean you're any better than anyone, but also it doesn't kind of mean any it doesn't really mean anything in in, in I, I don't mean that in a down down no it doesn't no it's true. But that kind of thing of it, it, it's always it's always put me in better stead more recently when I sort of have that kind of thought process because I appreciate like when I am when I do work I really do appreciate it because I you know I've worked with actors who you know think they just deserve work you know wow. who, who walk in who walk in and go well I should be here. And I am, mm. and that's not to say you shouldn't think like that, but it's also how you treat other people within that process. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's a small, it's a small industry, I'm sure, just like the, just like the art world is, you know, it's yeah. kind of everyone remembers, you know, maybe yeah. you won't realize immediately, but a few years down the line, you know, people sort of know each other as well. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the other thing as well. Like, I mean, I, because I, I suppose I had a thing is I always thought I had a fair idea of it before I left drama school and because again I mean what was a weird thing with me was like people at my drop the teachers at my drama school knew who my mum was oh right yes really weird because you're going to a place where you're yeah I wanted to ask you about that actually yeah um, it was it was one of those like the head of acting like said to me this guy David Shirley he said, um, he's quite, he quite a theatrical, I mean, like, he was a former actor, but he was very sort of like the, 
Hello, I'm David Shirley. Lovely to see you. How are you? Very nice to see you. Yes, you're very well. And he used to have this very strange <laughs> thing. He'd go into his room when he, like, if he would be reviewing work, and he'd have this sort of spotlight that was like over him. So you kind of just saw a silhouette of him rather than actually seeing him. So you kind of like move a bit like me. It was really odd. It was felt like an interrogation. Whoa. And he'd go, and after we did like our first, in our first year, we did like our first kind of like, we did like, um, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was like we'd done Chekhov or something. It was, a, mm-hmm. and I played like a, because you get, you have to play roles that just don't see. I ended up playing like a 95 year old servant when I was like 20, 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. I was in Ferropont, I think it was from Three Sisters. And mm-hmm. I remember him sort of reviewing, he says, John, see, I understand, you know, I know who your mother is. And Megan oh, wow. I, I saw her at the Royal Court in uh, 1984. And um, I'm just wondering, how, how do you feel about that? And I was like, what, feel about what? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, what do you mean? <laughs> you went to see her in 1984 or? Or that you know me, that I know you. Or do you feel, and it was that sort of thing, of, more about sort of do I feel pressure? Was, because also she ironically went to the same drama school as me. Well, she um, is quite well known. Hyper listeners, Johnsy's mum is quite well known. <laughs> No, he's, he's playing it down he's playing it down but I will it, it I was, will let you know that she's quite well known <laughs> but it was it was it was one of those things where like um within the industry anyway mum was well known but the the head of the school uh who's an Irish lady called Neve Dowling um also knew my mum quite well she was like because she's a movement teacher Neve, oh, right. and she was head of movement on a play that my, my mum did um uh, the, sea, the seagull um in manchester some years ago and neve was so and this whole thing was oh i know you're a mum i know you're mom. and i was like oh right so it sort of felt it was it was a weird sort of pressure because then then students in my year then started like googling my mum oh you know and then you kind of go to drama school with this sort of thing of oh yeah but your mum's an actor and you know you know yeah. this and the thing is i suppose my point is you kind of you you get given there are things that really bring you down to earth, you know, when you're around people for, when you, you're, around, you're around people, you need to be around, basically what I'm saying is you, you, you need to be around people who kind of bring you down to earth, but it's also one of those things like my mum, my mum's never been, my mum's probably the least arrogant person you probably No, ever she's seen. not, she's lovely, from and, what I remember. Yeah, and she's, she's very sort of, she's all about the work. I mean, she, she would rather be in a, you know she'd rather do play than be on tv you know do tv yeah. or whatever but you know it's one of those things she's it's about it's about the work and it, it was about how you how and she i think she for me when she when i started going into the industry she was probably concerned of how i'd navigate it mm, purely yeah. because she was she's i wouldn't say she's shy she's a bit shy but she did, I'm not really sure. I've, I'm kind of very similar to my dad in sense. I'm quite kind of like just I just sort of get on yeah. with it. Sort of thing. Yeah. And so that side of it sort of made my mum slightly less worried about sort of how I'd cope with it. But at the same time, that those moments of I mean, you talk about the ego when the mm. ego comes in, especially when you're young. You know, you need you need someone. You need the right people around you to tell yeah. you. Because again, you see it with like young celebrity, like actual, you know, yeah. million dollar celebrities who don't have the right people around them. And then you see these sort of meltdowns and 
and yeah it's really sad to see like Justin Bieber you know when he was growing up and yeah it's really hard because he's also like super multi-talented just like plays like 12 instruments or something he's skateboards yeah. surfs like but you know when you have all of that creativity and it's so easily marketable as well and so especially in the states um it's corporate America you know everyone's out there to make a buck kind of thing and that also includes who you are associated to as well you know and and, and by um and I lived in LA so I've kind of like I've had that experience I've taken a break from LA and I'm, I'm actually going back again this summer um for work think, but like, places like Los Angeles must be I mean I haven't to be honest I haven't done the Los Angeles well I was going to ask you about that yeah have you ever considered I mean I have and I think I'm yeah. more suited I'm more suited like I was talking, one of my one of my really good mates Jim we were talking about going out sort of you know over the sort of next year over the next year or so because but we were saying he said god he, he actually said I remember he said to me he said god imagine if we went when we were 25 we just wouldn't we would have completely just yeah ended up just not not we wouldn't have been there for the right reasons basically we would yeah. sort of we would have lost our heads a bit and yeah it's quite sad actually because I, I mean I lived in in Venice um near Venice Beach I lived mm. on Venice Beach and then in Venice area um and I would often head down to the beach and I just see all these like really good looking actor dropouts just completely off their heads on on narcotics mm. um and they've not been able to literally afford to go back home wherever home is or you know in the states or abroad um and as I mentioned in one of my episodes you know I um faced a very difficult situation um where I was essentially the struggling art artist because I was in a toxic relationship so I preferred not to stay with my boyfriend at the time right. um and I ended up leaving that narcissist and just going to stay and couch surf at my friends' houses. But I did that for like a good four months, but a lot of a lot of memory has been erased um, because it was really traumatic for me. But it's basically, as I mentioned to on the episode in one of the episodes and also to my friends, it's like you're one sleep away from being homeless. And as much as America can provide the American dream, and it does if you work hard, it opens that door. Um, in some cases, I will say doors that are very often closed and locked in the UK, um, you know, with traditions in place and in mind. Um, the US did open many, many doors for me. Mm. But it's also the place where dreams can fall really, really hard. Mm. And, um, you know, there's so many stories of of actors in LA that have found themselves in really difficult situations. And most people have um, have become homeless. I don't know, it's just, it's really hard and talking about the ego, but you know, it's, it's a place of that, um, but it's also such an incredible place if one wants to go and do film, for example, if one is an actor, it's the best oh, place, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think it's, it's one of those things where like I've spoken about it I spoke about it with my agent actually the other day and you know when you kind of because I feel like you have to go to someone like Los Angeles with you have to go sort of prepared really with stuff actually behind you in terms yes. of yes it's because otherwise I mean like speaking of like 
you know, the idea of like Hollywood. I mean, none of that stuff has really particularly interested me particularly because mm-hmm. I just, I think if, I think when, when you go into acting, I think like one of the main things you have to remember is that it's, I suppose it's very much like when you, when you want to be, a, be an artist like yourself, mm-hmm. is you want to do it for the right reasons. Yes. Know? And I think Hollywood has that sort of, and again, it's this sort of, again, we're so focused, people are so focused on social media and what other people are doing and how, mm-hmm. you know, successful people are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think the, I think the idea of realising that if you, fo- if you just stay in, it's not, when I mean stay in your lane, it's focus on what you, what you want, to, why you got into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Why did, you know, why did I want to do it? It was because I, I mean, I prefer doing theatre, really. Yes, so, yes. Uh, just because I, I, I just feel it works better with just for me. But yes. like doing TV is is almost a necessity as well, because especially if it's they're great projects as well, it's a, a lot of fun to do as well. But mm-hmm. it, it has to be about like it has to be about more than oh, I'm going to be famous. Like, well, that that's no, of course, of you course, know, but of you, course you get, not. Yeah, you get a lot of. But the thing is, I suppose you get people who worry so much about, like you were talking about, like seeing you know young actors who've dropped out and having all those problems Mm. it's one of those things where where they haven't had first of all not first of all maybe not having the right people around them agreed so but also it's the someone saying well why are you doing this you know yeah you know why do you want to do I mean I mean that's that's the thing it's it always comes down to that as well it's like as you say, why are you doing this? You know, where's that focus? You mentioned about St. James again. <laughs> it's like having that focus, but also from my own experience as well, the word for me in my career is, is integrity. Oh, you know, because yeah. in the in the art world, I'm sure just like the um, acting worlds, you know, there are, there are, I will just say, because I don't have any issues with saying it, but there are girls that have slapped their way into higher positions in the art world that I have um met or I've worked with and um it took me a bit longer because I didn't (laughs) let's just put it like that um and the also the reason why I kind of stuck it out there even though during those hardest times Mm -hmm. is I didn't want to come back to the UK not having completed my work my my work visa which was artists of extraordinary talent (laughs) that was the actual visa oh one um and it says that on the um certificate you know it took me a year to get it was really hard and and I didn't want to come come back with having not accomplished what I needed to go and accomplish there um so some 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 people may call it complete madness stubbornness but um I pursued and I think what I'm understanding more and more about speaking with people like yourselves speaking to people in the arts in general of course it's 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 basically about a hero's journey every single story that I've heard so far has been about yes letting go of the issue letting go of your ego rather um pursuing it and we're all trying to figure it out just generally speaking you know in life and not to obsess over lines but to like let things unfold and have some fun and play you know like I, I I think that Shakespeare is great with you know with that you know with with saying that we're all actors just playing our part in the end of the day do, do you feel 
that too or do you have any yeah no i i i really i really like what you said i think it's um it's first of all it's just you know it's hard being a person anyway you know you know <laughs> being a person doesn't matter who you are whether you you know what part form of life you know because i think there is there's a i think the way people view lots of it doesn't matter what background you're from but I think mm -hmm. we all view each other, you know, you could be from a working class background, but you mm -hmm. then you view people who may have had a better education or whatever as, oh, I don't like them. And it's like, well, it's kind of like both ways. You kind of, you can't, everyone's got shit they've got to deal with. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it doesn't matter who, you know, if, if people are nice and friendly, you know, and you know, you've got, and if, especially if you can just make a connection with them, that's important. But I think, when you when you go into an industry that is full of disappointment and full of um, moments of real doubt, um, you have to kind of go. You have to go back to yourself and kind of go. I do want to still do this, and it's mm. it's it, and it's and I think, funnily enough, you, you may remember him, uh, John Bonici. Yes, I I went to Leeds Uni. Leeds University and um, I was doing a lot of plays there actually so, and yeah. he was in a play I I um I went to see I remember if John John was at RADA that's it yeah he went to RADA I, after I was at RADA youth group while mm -hmm. while um John was actually at doing the three of course and I remember and I was just about I think I was auditioning for drama school at the time when he was there and mm -hmm. I remember I remember he just said something to me he said uh, that sort of sort of stuck me said you know expect rejection and take acceptance as a pleasant surprise and yes. kind of it, it kind of sort of ran it sort of it's that sort of thing stuck with me because I thought it was really sort of important to just to remember that because those moments where you don't get something that's that's just another I mean you, you kind of it's just building armor for yourself mm. kind of accept it it's fine to get rejected but as long as you as long as you know you did everything possible to get that job then you've got nothing to worry about and also at the same time when you do get a job then it's like yeah of course I did because I worked bloody hard to get that job and now yeah. but at the same time it's not there's not an ego driving you this time it's the fact that you know you've had all those things you know that knocks you back and it's been difficult and you know but at the same time you've built up because I've worked with I work with actors who like when we first started mm -hmm. like really talented and they would start out getting loads of work and mm. you know it was just like it was coming and coming and coming and yeah. then the moments when they weren't working they didn't know what to do oh. they had, you know the idea of oh, I don't know I, I, I'm really scared of it and then yeah. you kind of have when you have that um when you have that experience um for um when you just have that experience of just not working i mean it's it sounds it sounds bizarre but like me and my mates talk about all the time is the fact that when you are working you really you it's you really go into it you you commit as much probably more so than people yeah. who may have been working for more than you so you're not only is your appreciation of the work there but it's also you know that this means it doesn't mean way more but it means it means you're like i need to nail this 
to yeah. you know, and so therefore you're kind of you've built up this you've built up this strength of because you like I, I've done you know I, I'm not afraid to like go to people obviously you ask in a nice way but to ask you know ask for work mm. you know you go you go have you got any jobs going you know yeah you meet a director you can't see anything mm. and I'd love to be considered for this or whatever and some will say yes you know and yeah. some will say no but mm. you know I was talking to a producer funnily enough and he said to me uh it's quite a well-known producer but he said he said um I, I said you, do you know you know you've got some stuff on is there any chance I can get cast for it and he said look I just don't do this with actors I'm sorry I just don't you know, I do, I just, Can, candid, candid. Yeah, I just don't do this. I'm, I'm kind of in kind of, you know, why do you keep asking me? And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing my job. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, this absolutely. is my job. My job is to find work. He says, but what about your agent? I said, well, my agent, my agent is also there to find work. But I, I'm not just going to sit around and, yeah. and do that. And as long as you're candid and honest about, mm. look, you have to, you have to learn to navigate certain situations with with you know because it's an industry of networking very probably very much like your industry oh it's it's very it's exactly it's almost exactly the same um it, it's it's getting an agent is basically getting off getting a gallery representation so you so many i've had so many no's as well are you currently looking for artists at this time it's also how you word mm. things as well and I think, but I think that's, I think that's a really, that's really important what you say is it, it is, you learn how to kind of tailor um, a particular vernacular to, uh, to specific people as well. So when you're like, yeah. I mean, I remember when I, cause my dad and my dad's, my dad's really, really good at this, like in terms of like creatively, he's yeah. like, he's given me a lot of confidence, like from when I started in terms of contacting people. Oh, good. You know, yeah. Like in terms of how I got meetings, first of all, like I mean, my me getting Downton Abbey wasn't just through the usual. It wasn't through the usual streams. My yeah. dad, um, like my dad, um, my dad saw an article that, Julie, that Julian Fellows had. Um, it was in oh, wow. the Times or something. It was about two thousand. It was two thousand twelve, and I I'd been doing a bit of rate. I've been doing some radio plays for the BBC, but you know, I was doing a few plays in there. I wasn't doing loads and I was kind of getting a bit sort of you know tetchy about it. And I was thinking what I was trying you know and you kind of like like you do with parents you kind of you you vent I suppose and my dad oh said, gosh so many times I've yeah. I vent to my parents all the time it's great and what, what <laughs> um, dad said and dad said to me he said look I've I saw I saw this article Julian Fellows um I think you should write to him I said what, what are you talking about like write yeah. to Julian Fellows that's like a ridiculous thing and and um, my dad being you know an artist and graphic designer he said well I've got mm. a perfect idea and he had recently been made a uh, something of the realm um and a baron because he's like called baron lord julian fellows oh right yeah and dad said well why don't we sort of <laughs> something do... something of the realm something of the realm yeah and he said and dad said well why don't you just I said well how first of all how are we going to find out where he lives and he said oh I just worked I've worked out where he lives he lives in he lives in Dorchester you know in Dorset and I know where his house is we'll send like, it through the through the yellow pages <laughs> but it was literally it was almost as straightforward as that it was very odd but I remember so what, dad <laughs> so did, what dad did was he created this scroll um that's uh you know and it was you know it was 
you know, doled up with a leather leather case seal on it. <laughs> Amazing. And, you know, said Lord Julian, but we did this, and it's all calligraphized writing that you did. And it, and, you know, it looked really like the genuine something like you'd see on a film set, sort of thing. Because he, he's really like Dad is, you know, the graphic. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's ridiculous. Like, and he did all the writing himself as well. Like, it was all really calligraphized and everything. And it's it looked like, legit. It looked legit. Yeah, it was kind of just like, what the hell is that? And <laughs> it said, Dear Lord Fellows, congratulations on your recent peerage to the realm or something. My name's John C. Elmer, and I was wondering whether you could give me some advice just on the industry and yeah. you know, just basically just working out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it was just one of those where we sent it off in this sort of leather leather binder, you know, like a scroll-shaped case with a seal on it had his address yeah. gold lettering on it so you know and sort of just sent it off into the ether then about a month or so passed Laura and I were living in a really awful flat in in cricket funnily enough around the corner from where I grew up in Cricklewood and <laughs> yeah. it was just one of those where I was just doing probably one of the most mundane things in the world and my mobile went off and it was like oh, is that Johnsy <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> Hello, Julian Fellows. Here. I got your letter. And I found it rather amusing, and I was like, because I was, like, you know, when you're sort of like in the middle of something, you're like, what? <laughs> like someone pranking me? Have I told anyone about this? And he called me up, and. I was like, yeah, hello. She said, well, would you like to go for some dinner and drinks down at the? Um, it, was, it was in Sloane Square. It was the Cadogan uh, yeah. Hotel in Sloane Square. So would you like? Would you like to go to dinner? I was like, okay, Julian Fellows. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And then I, like a month later, I ended up going for dinner and drinks with him. Had a very nice evening. It's a real yeah. the is it the Cadogan Arms? The Cadogan Hotel and Restaurant. Yeah, I think it's it's okay. just Bone Square. It's just opposite um, the Royal Court Theatre. Oh, okay. So it's further down. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I then I had this sort of evening. Had this evening with him. Well, so you like he's like wined and dined you a little bit. Well, it wasn't even that. He was just just it was just the fact that he was just giving me lots of advice. And Julian's, you know, he's very, you know, I mean, it's one thing I can talk a lot. Julian for Britain, um, and it was and it was great. I mean, I had an amazing evening. I thought, well, that was great. That was very nice. And but for something, my dad actually something that my dad actually said. Well, he said, give him this, and it was what, what he did was because the Cadogan. Um, Hotel, hotel and restaurant is a very famous place for where the Marcus of Queensbury um, gave Oscar, he gave this uh, calling card to Oscar Wilde because his son was having an affair with Bosi. Oh, um, and Julian is a Julian is a very sort of he's a big history buff. And oh, Dad has got this thing from Q Records, a friend of his at Q Records, a copy of it, of this calling card. And I said, oh, I thought you might like this. Just sort of in the middle of a conversation, it's like, wow, this is wonderful, this is amazing, wow. That's so And then it was just these, it was just sort of little touches like that. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, it was a great evening. I had, I learned a lot and that would be the end of it. And mm. then probably about, I'd say about um, a few weeks after that, I got a call from the casting director, Jill Trevelick, who asked me to come in to be seen for, not the season I eventually did, but it was season three of Dancing. Um, and then I got quite far in that. Um, 
and I didn't, I ended up not getting the part, but I got quite far on the whole process. And then Julian called me and said, look, don't worry about it. I think that, that was, you, you've really impressed, well done. And I thought, well, that was a great opportunity. Thanks very much. And then after that, they had seen, they, the casting director saw my tape for the third, all the stuff I did for the, the auditions for that. They invited me in for the season four that I eventually got. But it was, the, it was that sort of journey that, to, I mean, that's a very long-winded sort of. No, but you made you made an impression. Yeah, that's, that's it. You made an impression, and I think I that's what people remember. I think it's, but it, I suppose what I'm saying is, it's that sort of thing of creating your own opportunities as often as you can. Pretty much, I mean, I, I suppose because I think obviously being an artist like yourself as well, it's probably quite. There's lots of solitude involved. So yeah, lots of solitude. Yeah, I mean, then you get out, yeah. kind of go yeah you know please please accept me <laughs> you know in that yeah sense, you know, please don't what, reject me please don't reject Dest me destroy my soul yeah exactly and and I think I think something something that's really I think that's really stuck with me just the yeah I mean it's 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 unfair it's always gonna be it's as long as you've sort of accepted at some point that it's un mm -hmm. unforgiving then, then you've, then you're fine. If you've accepted that, then you're going to be fine. Yeah, um, I think you just have to ride a few rough waves first, and then have some more experience over the years, and then it it just gets a little bit easier because you've had those experiences already. But it's not to say they won't ever happen again. You know, and I'm sure, like many creatives during the pandemic, I think we were quite well adjusted to it because we've had those moments of isolation and solace well, and you know, you know someone was actually I was I was having a I was having a chat with someone that we were at school with actually it was um Zor Erskine. Oh Zor, yeah, yeah. And I, I hadn't spoken to him in ages and he's I think he's working out in in uh, I think he's in I think where is it? Bangkok, I think he is. But anyway. He was sort of saying, God, isn't it crazy just like where we all are now? It's just crazy because like, in terms of just how, you know, the, the journey, but also like, and then he, he he said, you know, it's it's crazy that, you know, we used to be these really, really sh like, and it was, and it was really just shy, you know, yeah. like really shy and really kind of like. Timid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, timid. very timid. Like, I mean, that was the thing as well, like that. You know when you grow up and you realise, oh, you're not scared of a particular thing. It's kind of like talking to girls. I was terrified. <laughs> like St James, I remember being absolutely like anyone in the girls' school like talked to me. I was like, hello. I thought you were lovely. I remember just being like, I remember being absolutely terrified and being very sort of like, oh god, you know. I, I think I remember that. I think I remember that. But like, I got you out your shell while we were dancing <laughs> and you know choreographing a bit. I, I I think I think that was, but it was funny. Like I remember my dad saying to me at a particular because when you when you're going through that awkward teenage phase, you're about to be teen, <laughs> horrible. You're just, like, you're just like, oh god, just I don't want to. Why is this happening to me? Why am I so awkward and all this? Yeah. Like, oh, my dad. I remember my dad said to me, and you know, when parents say this sort of thing to you, says, I remember my dad said, oh, it'll all change in your 20s. It'll all change in your 20s. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean it will change? Like, why isn't it changing now? Yeah. And it was funny. And it does. It's really odd. Like, it was just, it was that sort of thing of that, those certain things that scare you. And they can be things just like, oh, well, you're talking to girls or whatever, just yeah. doing, doing anything. You, all those sort of weird fears that you have when you're young, yeah. they're so in like they're so inconsequential. That's, yeah. So how you kind of 
you know, view, just view the kind of world, really, because you, mm. I think, you know, the biz, the, the acting business is, is very much, is very much the same, because you have people who have one idea of what they want to do in, in the industry, you know, they may have very sort of, you know, and it's good to have, you know, very high goals of what you want to do sometimes, mm. but, and, and what I'd say is it's really good to do that, but sometimes, some as long as you're focused exactly that you know there'll be bumps in the road but you will actually achieve i i have i'm a big believer in the fact that if you if you you have a sort of a pincer movement directly knowing what you want to do and you may not get to the highest point initially of what you want mm -hmm. to achieve but you'll get somewhere within the ballpark if you're very if you're if you're if you're, there's no kind of holes barred like moving forward trying anything you can to get those jobs you know in terms you know, that that shows your enthusiasm shows your passion for it and shows mm -hmm. just I mean it's well, it, well definitely well I, I I will interrupt you there because I feel yeah. like you're coming into the the tips and tricks part of the last part of the episode sure, sure, sure. um because you've already got you've already um shared some nuggets of wisdom and and tips already but just focusing in on that for example you know would that be one of your, so I, you know, usually ask my high pay guests tips and tricks. And I ask, what are your three tips and tricks? Would you like to expand a little bit more on that? Um, that element that you were sharing about like that focusing in as soon as you get in. Yeah. Okay. Just so, keep going essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it's, it's one of those things where, I, I, I again like a group of actinates that we always kind of like go out, we almost like run run it by each other almost yeah. like in terms of what we're doing right what we're doing wrong was that the right thing to do was that the right you know just in terms of like going back, reflecting on stuff and kind of going is that the right direction to have gone in that particular pursuit mm -hmm. like I, you know when I've had doubts about a particular kind of direction I felt I was heading before you kind of throw the baby out of the bathwater, you like mm -hmm. check in, like I check in with my mum, I check in with Laura, my wife, and then I check in, then I check in, you know, with my mates and we'd sort of, yeah. you kind of just go, was well, this, and the thing is, because sometimes you can feel a bit lost where you're kind of going, oh, I just, I just don't feel, I don't feel like things are progressing as, as they should do, or I want it to go so, this way. So basically like the tip would be, uh, thank you said at the sort of beginning of the episode is yeah. make sure that you're surrounded by really positive supportive people like a good like, na even, network of like, friends you know, and family you know how sometimes like look when when you've got your your parents sometimes you don't want to listen to what your parents have to say which yeah. is natural like my mom I, I did a I, I did a self I my mum was helping me with the self tape over the phone the other day and I had I had a really small window to get it sent off, and I remember my mum was over. And she was I was I had a pretty long day anyway. I'd been cycling sort of all day, and I'd been going backwards and forwards. Then I had to change the change the kids, and then I had to kind of um, um, I had to change it. And I came back, and I just remember the I just remember my mum said giving me a bit of direction for something that because it was like a short scene. And then she sort of threw me off, and I was like, "Mum, what are you doing? I'm just what? 
what is this? And she's like, I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help. And I said, and I was like, look, I'm, you know, I eventually was like, mum, I'm sorry. It was just, you know, but it's, it's one of these things where it's, it doesn't matter that there'll be people who allow you to do that. Yeah. There are only certain people who will allow you to do that. Like family will allow you to kind of like mates will to, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but it's, it's kind of, you have to be around the right people who will be, first of all, are happy when you do well and you can be yeah. happy for them when they do well. <sighs> big one. And, and, you know. That's big, that's enjoying, big. Enjoying each other's successes without it seeming like it's a competition because it's not, and the act, people get very confused by that. The acting mm. business, you know, if you've got people who are, are doing well, they're not the same casting as you. Exactly. So it's not it's not up to you. It's not up to them whether, you know. Yeah. So you just have to enjoy, like one of my mates got a job the other day and I was absolutely, because he hadn't worked in ages and I couldn't have, I literally was like over the moon for him because it was just like, you know, there was, he had been going through a lot anyway. Yeah. And it was just that moment for him when he got it, he called up and he was like, Hey man, I played what he, he was so excited. He was like, he, he was literally, it was that sort of euphoric kind of feeling. So it's, it's, it's again, I suppose, I suppose to cut it, to, to bring it down to its element is, you know, be around people that, that, that make you feel good. Not, not, not just make you feel good about yourself, but people who want the best for you and will give you difficult, it may say, may say things that you don't want to hear as well. Like, like I said, having mates will go, mate, you sound a little bit like a dick there. <laughs> mate, you sound like a massive wanker. Stop it. <laughs> you know, that sort of that sort of thing where you're like, all right, okay. Cause like one of these, it's funny when um I did a I think I think it was I did a record, I did a um and one of these interviews for the Sunday Times. Mm-hmm. For, oh yes, those oh yeah. When we're doing when we're doing the press for the English game. And I, I remember just getting absolutely roasted by my mates because they're like, oh, right, yeah, sorry. In yeah. the magazines, he's in the yeah, newspaper. Yeah, in the magazines, he's giving interviews. And, but, I, but, but that, that, that is, and also that those people as well will pick up on like the false modesty as well. Agreed, yeah. And um, also I've, I've noticed as well, I've experienced as well, like you know during your failures and hard times and your successes and high times who's really solid like who's who's there there to stay to stay exactly and it's sort of like it's it's the both elements of it you know Mm -hmm. when when Mm -hmm. someone like I remember someone I remember someone when I'm I remember someone messaged me um sort of off the cuff who I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. in a while actually and they, they just, I remember they sort of came out with some sort of very ranty thing towards me about like something, I, you know, something I was in or something. <laughs> but what I remember was it was like, I think it was on, it was on Facebook years ago, but it was one of those things you get particular mates, you see that, like, why don't you just back off? You know, it's that sort of, you know, why don't you just back off and kind of, you know, leave it alone, you know? And it's that sort of, it's that sort of thing that is, is so important. And then, and like, again, Having a yeah. wife, and I think having kids, I suppose to finish on is, you know, that brings you down to work big time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a slightly, slight reverb there on your end. You can hear my voice on your end, which is weird. Um, just very quickly as well, three people who inspire you or three people who you look up to. Gonna sound cheesy, but I would say 
just the wife and kids really I know it sounds it does sound really cheesy, beautiful it, yeah, it's it, beautiful it's the meaning of life isn't it surely yeah and obviously my parents would be included in that and my sister and all that sort of stuff so you I, are really Irish then you're like literally like like oh, yeah. me, like a really Italian, like families, everything. It's, like, funny enough, like Laura said this to me, <laughs> there's, a very, there's a very Irish quality where um, you talk about, like, if someone's died, you, but it doesn't yeah. matter, it, you don't have to be related to them or even know them that well. Yeah. But Laura says you always do this thing, like, when, I can't remember, someone, some very sort of, like a well-known actor, but not a well-known actor that everyone would know, died. And I remember coming in looking gormless. I said, oh, I never guess he's believe he's dying she was like who what's happened yeah. I, said, I said so and so and she was like really it's like but you're, you're and I, but I announced I announced things in such a way where it's overtly dramatic and she said <laughs> and, and Laura said to me the other day god you're so Irish oh god yeah that's it's it, that's that, yeah it's that sort of like I mean if you if you you spend about half an hour on my parents like when Laura and I first started going out she came to my parents when we were when my parents were still living in London before they moved back to Ireland. She, sitting around the dinner table, she was and she's from the sort of polar opposite backgrounds, you know, brought up in the home counties, all that sort of stuff. And she, she English, did it. Your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she literally was looking around the dinner table. She didn't understand how everyone could be communicating because everyone, everyone's talking at once. <laughs> and it's also I mean probably quite similar to Italian families in, mm. in the sense that over the dinner Very table, Latin. yeah just grabbing food just talking what's that what's going on here argue but when you have it but having an intense conversation you Laura thought me and my dad were arguing once no you're just you're just stating things really loudly <laughs> yeah we're like and we're, ha- we're actually just having an intense conversation it wasn't an argument but she was oh, like, yeah. what, what what's going you, on why is <laughs> your dad arguing I was like no that's us talking it's like I love that. I love that. Um, and then, just lastly, to end, um, what's what's your like word of wisdom that you would like to share to the high pay listeners? John oh, Seat Um There's, some, and I'm going to misquote it, but I always use it just because um, is it's a sh- Seamus Heaney's a big. Um, it's basically my whole family are Seamus Heaney advocates, the greatest yes. poet in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "He said, walk on air against your better judgment. Um, walk on air against your better judgment. And what does that mean to you? Don't be afraid to take risk. You know, Brilliant. yeah. That's amazing. Well, Johnsy, I've had a lot of fun enjoying your stories and um yeah I hope I I didn't I hope I was I hope I was it properly listening to you as well because I didn't want to no no you were you were active listening don't worry because I I again I will be I do get reprimanded a lot for over talking and no not not a problem but I would I would (laughs) love to have you here again because I feel like I've made some notes here on my notebook Yeah, yeah um many of the high pay listeners know that I make notes during the episodes and I I there's so many things I still would love to speak to you about as well yeah, yeah. um if yeah. you'd like to come in for another uh during another season yeah um we'd love to have you on yeah. again um the, the high pay listeners are really enjoying um film people from the stats that I'm noticing so um Great. Great. it's quite fun so that's good but 
I'll leave you for now and um, I hope you enjoy your dinner if you haven't had it yet. And um, if you go to Ireland, have a drink on me, please.